So favorite and least favorite vampire in this movie. Oh. Maybe I should say second favorite because everyone knows that the favorite vampire is Lee Pace. (laughs) Well, yes, he's always great. I guess after that, that maybe Rami Malek. It was kind of funny seeing him in here. I was like, oh, I know. this is before you were famous. Oh, uh, Oscar winner Rami Malek. <laughs> of course. My favorite was, obviously, Jamie Kimmel Bauer. <laughs> for the for just saying artifice. Oh my goodness. I know. That was one of my favorite lines of the whole movie. It was the best line <laughs> of possibly the franchise. <laughs> I loved it so much. It was good. That was the moment when I was like, despite your awful hair, like, you are my second favorite vampire of this movie. Yeah, and his hair was truly awful. So least favorite? I mean, my least favorite is, I don't know, probably Maggie Grace. Irina? I don't know. I mean, I really feel like my least favorite vampire has to still be Edward Cullen. Although now we have Bella Swan as an option. Tied for last. Yeah. (laughs) After 18 years of being utterly ordinary, I finally felt I could shine. I was born to be a vampire. So beautiful. We're in the same temperature now. I didn't expect you to seem so... you? I have to report a crime. The Collins, they've done something terrible. Granddaughter. Volturi think Renesmee is an immortal child. She was born, not bitten. She grows every single day. Oh, my. Maintaining our secret has never been more imperative. What is it, Alice? The Volturi, they're coming for us. If enough people knew the truth, maybe we could convince the Volturi to listen. My family's in danger. I need your help. We'll join you. We will stand with you. A lot of red eyes around here. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is More is More, the Bad Movie Podcast. Where today we're talking about Breaking Dawn Part 2, The Last Twilight. Finally! Everyone get out your handkerchiefs. Oh, we went in opposite directions. (laughs) (laughs) This was actually my favorite, possibly. I mean, I like the first one because it makes me feel better about myself. But like... This one and it's funny. and professional. Right. And it's funny. Yeah. But like this one may have been like legitimately the best one. Well, there was a lot that happened and they weren't just clearly trying to stretch out enough to put in the movie. Yeah, and like Edward wasn't angsting about everything. Yeah, it was a lot less about people's feelings and more about a thing that was actually happening. Right, even Bella got her act together and since she wasn't yeah. constantly like, oh, I don't I mean, I don't <laughs> and, like, there wasn't all that stuff going on. It was just, like, her being competent. It was, like, as soon as she became a vampire, she became a completely different person. Yeah, she did. I really wish that had happened in movie one. Yeah, she was super full of confidence and everything. Yeah. Well, uh, like she says in the worst line in this movie, in, in the whole franchise, she was born to be a vampire. Yeah, that was not my least favorite line of this movie. We'll get was to that. that. There's so many to choose from. There was no opening poem. I know. I was, I was lost. I, I know. Did the movie start? What happened? <laughs> I know. Although, 
also, did you notice how weird the opening credits were yeah. in, in the context of the rest of the films? They were weird. I I actually checked to see if the same person directed, and it was the same person as the last one, but the credits, I was like, what is happening? They were super, like, artsy and experimental, and it was yeah. all, like, snow and ice crystals and blood. And yeah, and the names changing stuff. color from red to white. And yeah. I didn't even know what he was trying to say with the, the frost forming. I know. Because this is when everything heats up in the in the story. So I, don't, I, mean, I didn't understand what he was saying. Yeah, like, physically there was ice outside, but, like... But everybody's connections were not getting really. more. And yeah, it was weird. People were born not dying. It was it was weird. So yeah, she wakes up with her red eyes. She has sort of reddish eyes the entire movie. I finally figured out why. Why? And this, I mistakenly said, was a flaw when they flashed forward, yes. right? It's because she still has human blood in her through her transformation. Oh, so her eyes are red. Oh, okay. Yes. Gotcha. I felt like a genius. I was also kind of impressed that this wasn't a plot hole. Yeah, that that is impressive, honestly. Because yeah. there are several that we'll talk about. <laughs> and now, she, of course, she's a vampire. And she can see every dust moat and carpet thread, which <laughs> honestly seems terrible. No, it 100% I, I don't want to know that much of the world. It I would take see... you... What are you looking at people's eyebrows and just seeing all the little dust mites that live in there? Gross. It would also take take you like weeks and weeks to be able to adjust to your new way of seeing the world. I know. Sort the, that information. Right. Because it's like all of a sudden you have bee eyes or something. And it's like, <laughs> now go. Yeah, Run exactly. with it. And it's like, no, it would take you weeks to adjust. Yeah. So Edward is standing there and there's no drama. Like... In the last movie, everybody thought you were dead. And in this one, nobody's act surprised that she's alive. I know they skipped the scene where everyone finds out that she's alive. Yeah, I know. Because once she's out, it's like she's just like... Everyone's like, hi, Bella. Yeah, they already know it. And I'm like, no, I wanted to see the expression. Like, I wanted to see Edward, like, freaking out because he realized Bella was alive. I know, but he's just standing there and he's like, hey. Yeah. Shall we go? What's up? Yeah, so they both marvel at her hotness now, and all I can think while she's looking in the mirror at herself, how was her first thought not of Renesmee and what happened to her, and is she okay? Well, her first thought was, of course, because it's the first thought of her entire life, was of Edward. Edward, Edward I Then love it you. was her hotness. And then Also, it was she's Renesmee. wearing, like, a super tight blue sheath dress, like, short blue I know. sheath dress, which... She keeps on through the entire hunting sequence that's about to follow. I have well, huge objections to the fact that she did not change into pants to run around the forest. I know you're a vampire now, but get it together, Bella. <laughs> also, the Bella Swan I have known over the last four movies would rather die than wear a dress like that. But whatever, she's a vampire now. She just had to have confidence in her body, and to do that, she had to be changed into a monster. Yeah. Yeah, no, she, uh, they've always hunted in ridiculous clothes. Remember that flashback to, like, the 20s when <laughs> they were wearing the dumbest clothes in the world? Um, they looked like they were at one of those old-time family photo places. <laughs> so, she finally asks about Renesmee, and Edward's like, you need to hunt first to control your thirst. And then it's like a switch, and she's like, oh, my, my thirst, I have a lot of thirst. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, also, I was like, I really feel like she probably wouldn't attack her own baby. I mean, maybe she would. I mean, yeah. But I feel like her baby, they keep being like, oh, like her baby's 
half human and half immortal and like I guess it's basically human but also I'm like there's no way that the half immortal bit doesn't affect the way she smells she can't smell like food surely I know it's weird so they run through the forest and we see the magic of being a vampire she's so fast she can see all the things no I also object to this she is running super fast and all I kept expecting like she's going faster than a car and all I kept expecting was for her to run into a tree I know because I'm like she's not used to it yeah you're not used to it you're running super fast and also like turning your head to look at Edward for several seconds at a time I know the rate you're running there's no way that you should ever take your eyes off the front because you will run into a tree this is not a straight road i know i i would have also watched that scene yes also my other thing about her running super fast is i guess they're also implying that her brain and reaction times have sped up now that she's a vampire yes which again makes me wonder how edward and other collins were able to tolerate being at an American high school year after year after year after year. Right? If your brain is so much faster. Also, how were you able to stand being around Bella? If your brain is so much faster, you're already so much smarter. Human conversation would be so slow and awful for you. I know. But then, see, this is this is the problem with the way that they portray what vampires can do versus the way that we ever see the Cullens act. Yeah, They just act like people. And this is true in the books, too. I mean, she doesn't talk about how everybody's like the Flash around their house. You know, they're just being normal people and having normal conversations. Yeah. And so it doesn't make a lot of sense that they would have these abilities, but that's still how they would live. I don't know. Right, the, the only way you could fall in love with a human would be if you... Like, legitimately fall in love with We're the human. most boring would vampire be, in the world. Well, yeah. Would be if you basically were human yourself. Yeah. And so he has to be human, but also he has to be awesome, because we all have to love him, mm-hmm. too. Hot and young forever, living that dream. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the werewolves did it better, uh, where, like, they show some some new werewolves later in the movie, and they're, like, falling down hills and yes. stuff. And it's so cute. It is. So she's about to pounce on a deer, but smells a climber free climbing up a rock alone <laughs> like an idiot. This guy deserves to be attacked she's by a vampire. Literally asking to die. <laughs> and Edward is like, I didn't think there would be anybody so far off the trails. And I was like, okay, cool. So he's alone, he's free climbing. And from my brief memory, don't at me if that's not true, she runs after this smell to try to eat this guy and Edward convinces her to stop. Again, remember she's in a blue mini dress. Yeah, exactly. So just for the visual. Yeah. So she goes back to hunting animals, but just so we don't feel too bad for her prey and watch her eat Bambi, she ends up eating a mountain lion that was going to kill the deer. I hated this so much. Foreshadowing. She's a protectress. So surprise, surprise, she's an amazing vampire. We've never seen a newborn with such control. Self-control. That's Bella's big thing in this. Edward says even mature vampires have trouble breaking off mid-hunt of humans. So this is a recurring theme. I'm so glad that she's... Just how awesome Bella is. Yeah, I'm still... I'm glad that she's still the best. Yeah. So they go back to the house, and she holds Renesmee, who touches her little... Looks awful. Oh, yeah. the worst baby I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, her face is terrifying. Super weird. Because it's this weird CGI amalgamation of, like, 30 different faces or something like that. And it's just like, use a real baby. I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the big thing that these two movies are known for, is the baby face being terrifying. (laughs) It is terrifying. Renesmee 
has powers where she can touch you and show you her memories and her thoughts. Lame power. Yeah, it's pretty I mean, it's useful if you're a baby, I guess, but, like, once she gets human speech, this is gonna be just a dumb power to have. Yeah, it's only useful because of her storyline and, like, who she is. And outside of that, like, past her childhood, it's not gonna matter. No. She shows Bella the first memory that she has of her. Part of which is actually inside the womb, which is gross. Yeah. But also, like, in case we didn't remember Bella looking super gross and awful mm-hmm. when she was dying. We yeah. We needed to see that again. Yeah. Good news. Remember when she used to be a skeleton? It's like a Bollywood movie. A lot of flashbacks. So, Jacob is a little too weirdly protective of Renesmee. He's like, okay, that's enough. Uh, you're... And Edward's like, yeah, she's doing great. Yeah. Holding Renesmee. And she's like, oh, let's, let's not push it. And Jacob was obnoxious during this. He was this. terrible. I was like, what, are you already married to her? Calm down. <laughs> I know. And he was, like, way overprotective. Yeah, seriously. Which so, was really creepy, just knowing what we know about right. their relationship. <laughs> exactly. He has to tell Bella now that he imprinted on her. And Bella gets super mad and drags him out of the house and kicks him around. This was an amazing scene. It really was. She yells at him that Renesmee is hers and he doesn't have a weird wolfy claim on her. And Jacob calls Renesmee Nessie. (laughs) And this is probably my favorite line of the movie when she's yelling with full sincerity and no irony. You nicknamed my daughter after the Loch Ness Monster? And I personally thought, you deserve this. You deserve your daughter to have a weird nickname because you gave her a dumb name that no one should ever use. Nessie is less weird. Than Renesmee. Yes. Now is when they, they just spell it out for us. This is why Bella wanted Jacob around during the pregnancy, and she doesn't anymore. It was really Renesmee who was responding to Jacob and wanted him around. They this said is why. That? Yeah, I this... totally missed that, and that is super weird and creepy. Also, I know. she didn't really seem to care if Jacob was around. Jacob was the one that super duper wanted to be around her. I don't remember Bella being like, "Where's Jacob? I need him here." <laughs> I know. It wasn't as explicit as they made it sound, but it, it was there a little bit. A- and this is where we retcon the whole love triangle. And now he's saying it was because he was going to imprint on her daughter. Right. Which is always why son-in-laws fall in love with the mothers first. Well, they don't because the da- the daughter's already born. It's <laughs> it, Had they met them previously, then yes. Okay. Yeah. So I'm glad we cleared that up and we never have to talk about it again. Done. Nope. They were like, uh, we have to figure out, uh, we've we, we got to get a way to just totally throw away three and a half books. Great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bella is... Because we would be sad if Jacob wasn't 100% happy with his life. Yeah, I would be. Poor guy. He deserves it more than anyone in this movie. That's um, a lie. Lee Pace deserves it more than anyone. Okay, calm down. <laughs> He's not listening. Bella is still obsessed with age, so that's healthy. Alice is, Alice says happy birthday, and she says, I stopped aging three days ago. And it's like, okay, everybody knows it. Calm down. Yeah. How about happy birthday, like, your vampire birth? Like, is that okay? Yeah, right? So Alice gives her a key to a house anyway, and it's an old skeleton key, because of course it is. <laughs> Modern keys are dumb. Also, I refuse to believe that vampires wouldn't invest in, like, better security than skeleton keys. I know, right? 
They go see the little house that is for Edward and Bella's privacy, and it's really looks awesome. It's like this quaint little... It's like the opposite of the Cullens house. It's a quaint little house that is very cute. And then on the inside, it's clear that someone's been living there for a minimum of 50 years. <laughs> it is filled with books to the point that there are books stacked on chairs. <laughs> And there's way too much stuff hung on the walls. I mean, this is a this is a house that somebody has lived in forever. <laughs> and it's weird to walk in and be like, this is your new house. I hope you like it, because we crammed it full of stuff. There's a nursery, and Alice has already stuffed her closet with clothes. And then they get down to business. That nursery was amazing. It was. It was nice. It was so magical. Yeah. If I had a baby, that's what I would want the nursery to look like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't even need the baby. I'll just take the nursery. Yeah, I'll just take the nursery. Uh, which is kind of a bummer, because I was looking at that, and I was like, oh, she's going to be a ba- baby for, like, two more weeks. I know. <laughs> but, oh well. So then Bella and Edward get down to business and go to their room, and then they film what comes off as an ad for teen sex. It's, yeah. I mean, and it's like, oh, sex is so great now. I know. They're like, oh, like, now I'm super into you because you're as strong as I am. Like, Edward, you know, and right. is no, ha- no longer has any qualms about anything anymore regarding Bella, which is nice. Then af- the conversation afterwards is, like, weirdly was, troubling of, like, oh, because, like, I have all of this energy. And I'm like, okay, the reason and we never people- get tired. And she's like, how are we ever going to stop? Yes. And here's and the thing, like, we never see them, like, shut up by themselves ever again in this whole movie. So as far as I'm concerned, they it's very easy to stop. Also, I'm like, you know, the reason that, that like, newly married couples don't spend, like, can't tear themselves away from each other isn't because, like, they're tired. Like... Yeah, I know, right? If because, only I wasn't getting tired. Like, yeah. that's not the reason. <laughs> I know. Oh, that's ridiculous. And it also kind of came off as, like, an ad for drugs. Honestly, because it was like, oh, now sex is amazing. Yeah, and they were, and Edward was like, when I was like, cool. Uh, I feel like I should go out and buy some X. Yeah. When they get back to the Cullen house, the main house, the phone rings and everybody looks really worried. Charlie has apparently been calling twice a day. Charlie is Bella's dad, of course. He's been calling twice a day, and apparently they've just been letting it go to voicemail. So good job, idiots. And they just sit there until it stops. And then Carlisle is like, we're going to have to tell him that you didn't make it at some point. She's like, oh, okay, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. And then they're like, oh, we're going to miss this place. And Jacob's like, what now? (laughs) And they're like, well, if everybody thinks that Bella's dead, we can't have people accidentally see her. And he's like, oh, I don't want you to leave. (laughs) He doesn't want to leave. He doesn't want Renesmee to leave. I know. I was like, why can't he leave? He wants to stay with his pack, I think. His family. He and already stuff. separated himself from this pack. Eh, not really. Um, they don't have to like. I think all of that stuff kind of got it squashed their beef when he imprinted on Renesmee. So now there was a reason and a a good protection for the Cullens. So I think it didn't matter as much anymore. They, again, we never really go into it. Whatever. There's a lot of stuff they gloss over in this movie. I mean, for me, I'm just like, if you are so obsessed with your newly imprinted girlfriend's baby, why... We've all been there. <laughs> why wouldn't you be willing to follow her to Alaska? I think he would be willing. I think he just doesn't want to and doesn't see that there needs, that actually needs to happen. Yeah, well, then he does something super irresponsible, I think. 
and achieves his goals. Results speak for themselves, Rose. (laughs) Jacob goes to see Charlie and tells him not that she's dead. Instead, he spills a whole mess of beans by saying that Bella had to change to get better. And then he transforms into a werewolf in front of Charlie. Because otherwise, he wouldn't understand that weird things are afoot. Like, seriously weird. Don't, don't throw your questions at me or expect normal answers. I thought that was the best way he could have done it. It is, honestly. Yeah. But also, again, team mustache dad. Um, Jacob just starts undressing. He's like, I, have to sh- I know. He's like, I have to show you something. And he's like, Jacob, put your clothes back on. I know. And he's like, oh, no. just like, I mean, pants and everything. That was also pretty awesome. Yeah. When he's like, I don't know. I'm very uncomfortable with what's happening. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Because it's like out of some weird, awful porno or oh, something. Oh, I know. I know. I was like, how amazing I have to show be? you something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Takes his shirt off and the audience is like, okay, we're impressed. But like, where, where are you going with this? I know. Jacob goes back to the Cullen house and Edward and Bella are super mad. And Jacob perplexingly says that he didn't tell Charlie about vampires, just werewolves. Which I guess he said, I mean, the first question, of course, is going to be like, so Bella is a werewolf? So I guess he just said, no, but she's something else and shut up. (laughs) Yeah, when Charlie shows up later, he's like, so do you also transform into some animal? Yeah. Also, he's called Jacob a large dog. I'm like, how was your first thought not werewolf? Are you an American man? I know. Your first thought if someone transforms into something that looks like a large dog should be werewolf. Yeah, he's doing pretty good, though, at absorbing all this weirdness. He's he's in shock. They accuse Jacob of having done this for just selfish reasons. He's like, well, you'll be so much happier and he'll be happier. And all this. They're like, shut up. You did this. Because you want to stay here. And he's like, well, I'm sorry you feel that way because he'll be here in 10 minutes. Yeah. So they try to pretend that Bella is human by popping brown contacts in and giving her tips on seeming human that don't make sense in the context of a visual medium. Because guess what? We've been watching all of you blink and breathe like crazy. Yeah. They're like, blink three times a minute. And yeah. Don't sit up so straight and move your shoulders so that it looks like you're breathing. And I was like, okay, the problem is that doesn't work outside of a book. Well, yeah, and also he's like, she, they're like, okay, try, go sit in that chair and move slowly. And she, like, speeds her way over there. I know. And I'm like, Even you've we've been walking normally. Slowly. Yeah. You've been moving slowly this entire time. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things that Edward says is, do you know how hard this is going to be for Bella to see Charlie and not eat him? You have put Bella in so much physical pain by doing yeah. this. So, of course, when Charlie comes in, everybody else leaves the room so Bella can struggle with her bloodthirst with no backup. Good idea! Yeah. Idiots. She won't tell Charlie anything, really. Like, no answers, uh, but promises that he won't lose her again. She says, can you trust me that if you really need to know something, I will tell you? And I was like, why would he trust you? You haven't told him anything. And, like, clearly Jacob was the one who... Whatever. Yeah. And then Edward brings in their creepy baby to show him. They're telling Charlie that she's a niece that they've adopted. And he says, she has your eyes, Bella. And I was like, no, babies don't have... That's also just not true of newborn babies. Like, you don't... First of all, most of their eyes are blue anyway. And you can't tell that on a baby. I'm sorry. It's pretty clear that he knows that that's probably their kid. But they're not going to tell him anything because it hasn't been... 10 months so it can't be their kid yeah later he leaves 
And when the Cullens are alone, we get more of her vampire nonsense. You know, Emmett. Okay, so she's stronger than anybody else right now because she's a newborn vampire. And Emmett challenges her to arm wrestling. We see her sparkling in the sun. It's just all this stuff. Leading to the worst line of the movie. My time as a human was over. But I never felt more alive. I was born to be a vampire. That is so stupid. Still not my least favorite line. We'll get to it. Okay. They worry about how fast Renesmee is growing because she's already looking like she's eight and it hasn't been that long. And also they're acting like they're super duper surprised when Bella's pregnancy took like two weeks. I know. They should have guessed that this was going to happen. Yeah. So they're really worried that she's just going to age super fast and die. Also, again, I would like to point out that immortals should take longer to age, not less time. I know. Her pregnancy should have lasted like two years. So here's the thing with this whole situation. It drives me crazy. I know that this whole series is just weird fantasy wish fulfillment of unhealthiness. Think about this pregnancy. It goes super fast and is insanely dramatic so that she has to be the focal point of every single person around her. Yeah. And just be taken care of. And it's the most important thing that's ever been done. And it's the specialist thing that's ever happened because nobody even knew this could happen. Yeah. Then she has the baby. And instead of feeling like she has lost her old body and having to come to terms with a new identity and being attached to another living being that takes away your identity that you used to have and you need to come to terms with a new one she comes out of birth super hot (laughs) and super fit the baby doesn't need her to be around all the time it doesn't wake her up at night her husband and her are closer than ever instead of close but also separated in a weird way by sleep deprivation and a baby Mm -hmm. um this is just like what people wish, what teenagers yeah. think that having a kid is like. Right. You hardly have to spend time with it. And I'll, But I will say, like, as a person, like, watching this, I was like, it would be really awful to have your kid grow up in, I think they later say, like, three, seven years. Yeah. Full maturity in seven years. Uh, like, that'd be terrible. All those fun years. Like, the fun ones. There's the awful ones, too. But I'm like, the fun ones would all be gone in, like, a I month know. or two. I know it would be. But again, I think that this is a wish fulfillment of people who don't actually want kids. Yeah. But they want the appearance of it, and they want a ready-made family, but they still want to be young and hot and independent. Yeah. And so you don't have to deal with it. She's not... She doesn't need constant care past, like, a year And she's not like upset that. that the kid's growing super fast. No, they're just worried she's going to die, but they're not worried that, like, oh, we're missing all these moments. Yeah. And you just get to pop a kid out, all of a sudden she's an adult, and then you go on with your life. Yeah. And that's what people, you know, who don't really understand life or kids want. So Bella, Jacob, and Renesmee are out playing in the snow, and Irina pops up on a hill at a distance. Just visiting for some reason. Irina is the one who was at the wedding and was mad at the werewolves because they killed Laurent, even though he was going to kill Bella, and she doesn't believe that. She sees them, but then runs away. The Cullens call up her relatives in Denali and learn that she had come down to make up with them, but maybe seeing Wolf Jacob was too much, and she ran away. But no, she has gone straight to the Volturi to report a terrible crime that the Cullens have committed. 
When Alice sees a vision of the Volturi coming for the Cullens, Edward realizes Irina must have seen Renesme and thought that she was an immortal child. Carlyle explains that immortal children were children turned into vampires, and they were so beautiful and everybody loved them, but they were stuck at the ages that they were turned. They couldn't develop, they couldn't be taught or restrained, so they would kill entire villages in a tantrum. We see a flashback. This is someone that, like, has read Anne Rice books. I know, right? Or just, like, seen the movie. Yeah. uh, Interview with a Vampire, seriously. So, we see a flashback to medieval times when Irina's mother made an immortal child, and the Volturi came to kill the child and the mother, smiling like psychos the whole time. (laughs) The Cullens know that they can never convince Aro, but maybe they can get enough witnesses who can convince him. Carlisle is going to ask his friends um, to back them up, and Jasper and Alice mysteriously leave, just leaving behind a note to gather as many witnesses as possible before the snow sticks to the ground. That's when they'll come for them. And it's on the back of the title page of The Merchant of Venice. Let's not follow up on that clue. Don't worry. I assumed that it was a reference to the Volturi, but then I remembered that they're not actually in Venice, are they? No. The Volturi. Mm -mm. I didn't remember that until much later. (laughs) Mostly because I wasn't really thinking too hard about it. So the Cullens are trying to gather up witnesses. Carlisle and Esme jet off to other countries, while Bella, Edward, and Jacob head up to Denali to get help from their closest relatives. Edward devises a brilliant plan, devoid of possible misunderstandings, (laughs) and says, I need you to be open-minded. Instead of saying, Bella got pregnant from me while she was human, this is a half-vampire child. She's not an immortal child. Yeah, don't bury the lead, Edward. Seriously. They just pop her right out of the car, and they're like, immortal child, we'll all be killed! And... (laughs) Oh my goodness. They get into a little fight... Um, but Renesme has human blood in her veins, and one of them is like, I can, I can smell the blood. Then she touches one of them and shows them her memories, and they see that it's true. Because also she's like a super smart baby, I guess, who can understand these things on command. I guess. I mean, she has, she has all of these memories, so seems like from the womb she had things like object permanence down, but I don't know. Carlisle and Esme grab... Rami Malek from Egypt, which is funny because his parents were Egyptian, so it works that he played this part, who can influence the elements. They find Lee Pace somewhere in America. Kind of a bummer. I was hoping he would get to be British in this movie. They gather up a ton. No one said he hates the British. Yeah, I know. He did say he hated the British. I know. He's like, I hated the British invasion. Because he thought, I guess he became a vampire maybe during the American Revolution. I think that was true. Yeah. So he has spent his entire vampire career just fighting in American wars against anyone the Americans are fighting. His own, a private war. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They gather up a ton of people. Two women from the Amazon. People from, you know, Ireland, all over the place. But... All of these vampires seem to eat humans. Yes. They have agreed not to hunt in the area, but people are not super psyched about it. One of the vampires points out that Bella is a shield. She has a powerful defensive 
power. She's really powerful, which is why Edward couldn't read her mind even before she was a vampire. Which, okay. You're so powerful and special. Yeah. Blah, also, blah, blah. she can easily learn to master this skill in a short amount of time. <laughs> yeah, she sure does. Because all you have to do is visualize. Yeah, well, that's the key. Have you ever watched an, any Western movie with an Asian bent? That's all you need. I just think it's funny when everyone's like, we usually need to visualize. Visualize, visualize, visualize. And I'm like, what about things like muscles? Like, do you just need to visualize them and you'll have them? Or do you actually have to work and do something to develop them? Mm, Well, sounds like someone needs to read the Celestine prophecy. Well, true. I'm just kidding. Please don't do that. (laughs) More and more quaaludes are turning into wolves as more vampires show up and saturate the area. And the young wolves are so cute. They're so bad at wolfing. Yeah. They're like running into each other and falling over and it's very adorable. Two Russian vampires show up uninvited and it's clear that everyone is wary of them. Nobody really likes these guys. Can we just remember in the first movie how Edward was like, vampires are super duper hot so that humans will be attracted to them and it makes hunting easier. Uh, because we see a lot of super ugly vampires in this, including those two Russian well, one of the Russian vampire ones. Blondie yeah. vampire was an uggo to the max. <laughs> yeah. Especially, like, they went out of their way to make him super ugly. And also, quite a few of the Volturi. Including yeah. Aro, the main Volturi, who's a bit paunchy. Well, okay, and that's honestly not even the main problem with him. The main problem is his hair and makeup. They didn't have to make him as ugly as he was, but that's the problem with Jasper also. I mean, Jasper's hair makes him look crazy. But at least for Jasper, they were aiming for hot. With Aro, they were deliberately yeah. trying to make him look weird and ugly. And yeah. I'm like, you can't say that vampires <laughs> they were just- automatically become super duper hot so that humans will be easier for them to hunt and then have a bunch of ugly vampires because you want them to be either creepy or villainous. I know. It's clear that with a lot of these, they were their whole goal was like, get a load of this freak. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, the Russian ones were supposed to be like Dracula. Yeah, pretty much. The Colons are like, we, we didn't commit a crime. And they're like, we super don't care. We <laughs> hate the Volturi. And we've been waiting a thousand years for somebody to organize a rebellion against them. <laughs> Which I did like. Yeah, I like that a lot. A vampire explains to everyone that when Aro finds another vampire that he wants to join the Volturi, it isn't long before evidence of a crime turns up and their whole coven gets killed. Aro pardons one person, the person that he wanted, and claims that he could read their thoughts and they were truly repentant. I don't understand why he thinks this will work with Alice. Yeah, I don't I don't either. Um, because I mean, it totally won't. There's no, no way. No, she would kill herself before yeah. that. So he, ultimately, the point is he's not going to care if they all show up and it's not true that they've yeah. made an immortal child. He's going to use this as an excuse And the Cullens think that this is why Alice left, because the real goal was just to get her. So maybe she'll be safer. Uh, They'll be safer without her. Most of the vampires want to fight still, because there's nothing stopping the Volturi from doing this to any of them. Well, Edward gives an inspiring speech that makes them realize this. Yeah. And then they're totally fine with fighting. Most of them. Some that don't seem to be part of family units. Joe yeah. Anderson, I was confused as to why he decided to stick around and fight. Yeah. Um, in the book, Alistair was, uh, they didn't think that he was going to show up because he's a serious loner, like even for an old vampire. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know so how So confusing got as to stay. why he decided to stay. Yeah, pretty much. 
then we have this brief cut to the vulturey killing a vampire that was going to go help the Cullens. And it's really just to show us Alec's power. So we've already seen Jane's power. Jane is Dakota Fanning. And hers is that she can inflict immense pain just with her mind. So it is heavily implied that the main source of the Vulture's power is Jane and Alec as enforcers. Jane can do that. And then Alec, the way that they chose to portray his his power visually was... Was super dumb. It was strange. So they were saying they he, like his darkness. He creates a vapor, right? He creates a vapor. So I, it's possible that in the book that's how they described it. But the impression that I got was just that it was the same kind of mental power as Jane's. It's just that he basically creates a sensory deprivation tank around around you. Like you don't see anything. So and it like paralyzes you. Yeah, because you because well, you you you're getting no sensory input. So yeah, you're just stuck. So that that combo makes them pretty unstoppable when they send them after somebody. So this, but but it's like, I don't know if anybody's ever seen Supernatural. It's like when demons are moving into somebody. It's just like this dark cloud that moves around and covers you. Also, at coming one out of point, his fingers. Yeah, it's coming out of his fingers. Really, yeah. But also at one point, he cr- starts creating the vapor, and then somebody's like. Aro is like, don't, don't do that. Stop. And like, he sucks it back into <laughs> his fingers. It's not a renewable resource, Rose. <laughs> it's like, how is he able to suck it back? It's magic. I can't explain that to you. If you don't understand, then it's hopeless. Clearly. So cutting back to the Cullens, Kate, one of the vampires from Denali, is teaching Bella how to expand her shield to cover other people. Because she has the power of electric shock uh, when she touches somebody. And she said it started out in her fingers, but now she can move it all over her body. And then there's, we see throughout the movie, a love showing up between Garrett, Lee Pace, and Kate. It's because they know he's adorable when he's part of a couple. It's true. He really is, though. It was weird. I... From an objective standpoint, like, if this had been played by someone other than Lee Pace, I think I would have found that relationship to be super weird. I know. But it was Lee Pace, so I didn't care. (laughs) I'll take it. Yeah. As Bella reads Alice's note again, she finally thinks to look at the book, The Merchant of Venice, on her bookshelf that the page was torn out of. And there's a note that says to go to Jay Jenks in Seattle and then to destroy the book. And I was like, couldn't you just burn the page it was written on? Also, couldn't Alice have found a surer way of getting Bella a note? Because Bella figures out, oh, the reason I'm the only one that was supposed to figure this out, which anyone could have figured out. Anyone could have been like, well, what what book is that from? Let's grab the book. They all should have. They're super old vampires that are supposed to be smart. Yeah, but she figures out, oh, it's because Aro can't read my mind, so I'm the only one that can do this. I'm like, but could have left a seal. Well, the other thing is, they could have left a note in an envelope saying only Bella can read this so that no one can read her mind. Done. Problem solved. She will both 100% get the note. I know. And no one will be able to know what it is. Well, and also, Aro has to touch you to read your mind. I mean, the danger was zero. I don't understand that at all. So Bella and Jacob take Renesmee to stay with Charlie and Bella goes on alone to meet Jay Jenks, the lawyer. It's Wendell Pierce, guys. Also, I do want to mention 
that Charlie has a girlfriend in the movie too because we that can't have anyone weird. being alone. He's dating one of the Native American women. Yeah, that in the was tribe. weird. I was like, uh, I guess they're dating now. This she appears insane. out of nowhere, and yeah. they don't explain it until several scenes after we see her when it's just a line in passing. But yeah. I was like, I'm glad he has someone to take care of him now. Oh, I know. And I'm like, was, what are they getting married? I know. I was like, I guess they're dating. This is insane. Yeah, because I think they've probably been dating for like a month based on this timeline. They're not gonna get married anymore time soon uh, they probably are have you met twilight <laughs> also charlie was taking care of himself for like at least 10 years before you came back into his life i know you visited him for two weeks during the summer seriously okay the point is wendell pierce plays jay jenks and i think he did an awesome job and i love to see wendell pierce in things he was awesome yeah he, he was so normal. And, I know. And unaffected in oh, his it was acting. Great. It was great. He meets Bella at a restaurant because it's public. And he knows that something is up with Jasper because he's like, he's incredibly well preserved. Yeah. I've been meeting him for 20 years and my partner 15 years before that. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting that they had Wendell Pierce play this part and play it the way that he did. And I think it was good in this movie. Like, the last thing we need is more drama and, like, mm-hmm. oh, vampires at this stage in the game. But in the books, he was this very nervous, afraid man who was, like, really freaked out by Jasper because oh. he, 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 he never ages and all that. He's terrified of it, him. And so, yeah, yeah. It's no, great. this was better. I like this better because it also, was a lot better. He's but it's someone, interesting that they right? Did it. He's someone who deals in illegal information, clearly, or services, yeah. or at least sketchy services, things that people don't want other people to know about. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense that he would be like a cool customer. Yeah, about these things. Yeah, exactly. So Jasper ordered a passport and traveling things for Jacob and Renesme. Bella sort of thought that she and Edward would also be going with them, so she's bummed that she and Edward won't be part of Renesmee's life, but there you go. At Christmas, with Charlie and Sue, the girlfriend, they give Charlie and Sue a five-day fishing trip that leaves tomorrow because the writers don't want to deal with Mustache Dad anymore. Yeah, well, you know, so he's safe. That's always the concern. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, but this time, like, seriously, guys, we're not going to write about it. Yeah. Because <laughs> he doesn't put up a fight either. He's like, are you guys trying to get rid of me? Because it's, it's working. <laughs> Classic. Oh, man, I love how normal he is. I know. And you're like, oh, he suspects something's up. Like, you can see yeah, it in Bella's expression. And he's like, because it's working. And you're like, I oh, know. never mind. I, just, I know. I just love it. He was also, like, a really great shot of normalcy I know, into this movie because he's like alright I mean they, they drop Renesme off and she looks like she's about 10 years old now yeah. and he's just like great cool you've grown like 6 inches since the last time I saw you I whatever I, I I'm fully aware this is the same baby I saw 2 months ago I yeah, don't know how long like, I don't yeah he's just beyond the point of he's like okay a bunch of weird stuff is happening I don't know what any of this yeah he's like I don't have any questions anymore I'm your grandfather though get in here just going along for the ride yeah so all the vampires are sitting around a fire, recounting their glory days. Lee Pace says he was this close to biting Custer, but the Indians got him first. I know. He's like, name any American battle. I was there. Yeah, exactly. And then I did think it was funny because they were like, of course, he always has to be on the side of the right because we're going to have to root for this guy. Right. So he's going to fight Custer. Exactly. Even though he's 100% on the American side every time for Custer, 
He really was with yeah. the Native Americans on that. He talked to someone like Alice, and Alice was like, bro, gotta get on the right side of history here. Exactly. The Russians had been very powerful in their day, but then they sat still for a long time in their castles, and they didn't notice that they were beginning to petrify. So I guess that's what happens to insanely old vampires, is that unless something rouses them and they keep mo- like keep active and living, mm-hmm. they just sit there and eventually petrify completely. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cool. I like that. That is an interesting idea, especially considering yeah. that they smash into pieces like stonework when yeah, they're it, broken. It makes sense with that. Um, and it, it really makes sense that like eventually you'd live so long that you would just like sit there. And they say maybe the Volturi did us a favor when they burned our castles because it roused them enough that now they're still going with yeah. the burning hatred of the Volturi. And, like, all of these vampires were more interesting to me than the vampires we have been following for the past five movies. 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd rather see anybody's story at this campfire than the ones that we saw. I know. Same. Please make a movie about these guys. And also have Stephanie Meyer not write The Vampire Best Friends Gang. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So, Bella says goodbye to Renesmee. She's not sure if Renesmee is going to be able to stay the whole battle or what's going to happen. And she says, if I tell you to go, you go with Jacob. The 27 vampires that they've amassed are standing outside in the snow and the Volturi show up in their very dramatic cloaks. This is the only thing the Volturi have done that I have liked. <laughs> I liked their outfits. And they brought a huge number of people with them. They're ready for they this. They did. And they were like, guys... You can order your own cloaks, but we're not going to pay for your cloaks for everyone. It was clear that a bunch of people were like, we're good. They're very expensive. Aro touches Edward and sees that the truth is that Renesmee is not an immortal child. He says he wants to meet Renesmee and finds her the height of whimsy. Um, this is also the line. This is the artifice line. Because they're, first they're yelling at yeah. each other across the snow. And he's like, but you have an immortal child. And they're like, you can see the flush of blood on her. And uh, my favorite line in the whole movie. Artifice. I love it. I don't know why. It struck me as so amazing. But like, after he said it, I had to like, just take a second to just like, absorb the awesomeness of that line and its delivery. Same. I He, he said that and I was like awesome yeah (laughs) and this was a great scene where you know they showcase michael sheen was really a great person to play aro because the whole deal with the vulturi is that they've been alive for too long and they're crazy now yeah the oldest one i forgot his name he just doesn't want to be alive anymore and he's sick of living so he just kind of stands around and is hates everything Caius is is whatever. He just seems, like, angry. And Aro has just gone full whimsical vampire <laughs> crazy mode. Yes. And he's great at it. And which is why I wish that they had really worked a little bit more on not making him look like a, such a freak. Because he did a great job. It was like they were trying to make him look like Wormtongue from Lord yeah. of the Rings. Yeah, a little bit. Only less, channeling like, that A little vibe. less gross, but yeah. For sure. So, now Irina is in trouble. And she's like, I'm sorry, I this... They're like, is this a girl that you saw? And she's like, well, I, she's bigger. I don't know if this is the same girl. She's like, I was wrong, and I withdraw my allegations, and I'm sorry. So the Volturi kill her immediately. This is why you double-check your facts before going to the Volturi. I know, don't just run immediately and what, whatever. So, they're still hoping to provoke a conflict and kill all of the Cullens. So, they just kill her. Uh, her sisters are held back successfully. 
But Jane inflicts mental pain on Edward. Just for good measure? I don't know. Bella extends her shield over the whole group, though, and Jane is furious. Aro says that Renesmee is still an unknown, and they can't risk it. So they're gonna have to kill everybody anyway. Um, I liked this little speech. This little, like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna play on the fears of yeah people that have been around for a really long time and aren't going to generally like change i'm gonna play on that fear they're like humans are more a threat than ever and we're not going to be able to stay a secret forever and they're technology and they can kill us and well and when he said humans are more of a threat than ever what i thought he meant was that they could birth half vampires they never talk about the implications of the fact that humans can get pregnant from a vampire yeah i know now all of these vampires know that that's true like you think that some of these vampires Vampires aren't going to try and knock up human women. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Especially because as we find out, what it basically creates is a better version of vampires. Yeah. They're not as bloodthirsty. It would... And... They're not bloodthirsty. They still live forever. And it's... Well, they actually are not immortal. They just age really slow. Well, they live an insanely long time. And they, they don't go go into that in the, um, in the movie. But it's still, yeah. It, but honestly, that's also a better yeah. thing. Yeah. So, Alice and Jasper walk out of the forest. (gasps) Gasp. And Alice says that she has proof that Renesmee won't be a threat because she can see the future. So, she gives Aro her hand and then sees and says, no matter what I show you, you're not going to change your mind. You're never going to make a different choice. So, Jacob runs away with Renesmee and there's like three vampires chasing them. Alice starts getting dragged away by the Volturi, so Carlyle jumps toward Aro, but Aro kills him midair. And that's when the battle really starts. And now we get some more of, like, the porcelain smashing vampires. Yeah, exactly. So I was glad they brought that back, because it was a dumb thing to have in the first place, but it's even dumber if it doesn't come up again. <laughs> I know, exactly. So Jasper uh, gets killed. Bella shields people from Jane and Alec. Rami Malek opens the earth and a bunch of evil vampires fall in, but also one wolfie. Leah, the wolf, gets killed and Seth is super sad and the vampires catch up with Jacob and attack him. Edward falls into the crevice, but then jumps out and kills one of the main Vulturi enforcers. Emmett kills Alec. Alice drags Jane to Paul, the head wolf, who kills her. And then the Volturi get killed one by one. The oldest one is like, finally. (laughs) And just like holds his arms out. Come at me. Why can't you just kill yourself? I think he's like, a family obligation. My brothers need me. Whatever, whatever. Like, no, they don't. You're not doing anything. And he's probably a terrible dinner companion. Oh my goodness. The worst. He has to be. Finally, Aro is killed. Then we pull back. And this has all been a vision that Alice showed him. <gasps> Gasp! <laughs> they didn't kill Carlisle and Jasper. So, Aro knows now that they can't attack. All of the Volturi die, and their most powerful enforcers. Although it's funny because they did just show them the whole battle, so it's possible that he could change the battle. But, I mean, I think it's just that their, enforce- their main enforcers don't work anymore with Bella now. Anyway... Alice says that they can ensure that Renesmee won't be found out, and they have proof. And she brings out two people from a remote South American tribe, the Takuna. And don't worry, they don't have coats. They were like, (laughs) you'll be in the snow. 
don't put any clothes on. We need to see that you're from South America. <laughs> yeah. And one of them, one of them's a vampire, so she doesn't need it. But the other one is the half vampire, half hum- a uh, human one. And I'm like, you probably need it. Mm-hmm. If you've got human blood in you, like if you smell like a human or whatever, yeah. you probably need a coat. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, one is a half vampire, half human man who was raised by his aunt because the vampire just like, I think just got with his mom and then left. And then his mom died giving birth to him because Bella would have died if she hadn't been turned. Uh, but his aunt raised him, and then eventually he turned his aunt, um, probably so they could just stay together. He's 150 and stopped aging at 18 and reached maturity. Well, well uh, aging at seven, looking, which looking is the maturity. 18. Yeah. He reached the maturity of like 18 and And he does seven. not look 18. No, he does not. Maybe um, that's the 150 years bit. Yeah, I guess so. so. Now he looks 20 or something. <laughs> yeah. But he can live on human food or blood. So basically, it's super easy to hide that he's a vampire. You know, yeah. people aren't going to find out about this. They don't feel cold. They don't do. They don't sparkle. They don't do all this stuff. So, the Volturi leave for now. But like, you know that they're going to go back to Italy and immediately start trying to knock up. Humans. Oh yeah. Well, and I'll, but also they're just going to go back and start plotting. Well, they're going to start plotting. Yeah, they're going to still try and get Alice and whoever else. Bella. They're now super interested in Bella again. But oh, like, aren't we all? Also, these people are super bored. Like, this would give them something new to think about and do. Like, they would definitely try and do this. So now, yeah. everyone knows this is possible. You've also subjected a bunch of women to essentially, like, sexual slavery and then just being, like, the breeding, like, the carriers right. for children where they will 100% die after they're born. Yeah, exactly. Because they also showed them that these um, half-vampires have powers yeah so they can turn people into vampires and stuff yeah so good job so happy ending all around that is never ever broached as even a possibility it's almost like we just didn't think about anything that didn't contribute to our fantasy life as young (laughs) hot vampires forever (laughs) almost so the Cullens are all together again and alice uh we see through edward a vision that alice has of jacob brenesme Edward and Bella, all grown up and on the beach together, just having fun. Yay. (laughs) And finally, Edward and Bella go back to the field. Because we could not end this series without the field one more time. I needed closure. Is that their special place? (laughs) Are there flowers in it? Is it apartments now? What's happening? (laughs) Bella pushes the shield off of her mind. Long enough that Edward can see her thoughts and memories. He can finally read her mind, and they can finally have a truly codependent relationship. And this is my least favorite line in the movie. Nobody's ever loved anybody as much as I love you. Gross. I have to be honest, I didn't hear him say that. No, she said it. Okay. She said it to him, and I threw up a little bit in my mouth. Oh, yeah. Well, that's fair. And it was just... She's like, now you'll know. And it's because, like, Edward is able to read other people's thoughts, so he knows how much everyone else loves other people. And so he can now know. And I'm like, and he doesn't say anything about that not being true. And I was like, it would be hilarious if he was like, gosh, you actually don't love me as much (laughs) as I love you. I know. It was awful. I hated it. Hang on. You still have a thing for Jacob. Oh, uh, yeah. And then we get these super long credits. Oh, they that were. Give the credits long. to everyone who's been, anyone who was an important character in any of the previous movies. Yep. Including, like, 
the friends that she completely ditched in high school. Oh, yeah. Which just made me so sad that they weren't in this movie. No. And it was like, it felt like going to like a high school graduation with like the little slideshow of, ever, of all the pictures and everything. That's really what it felt like to me. All we were missing was vitamin C. But we got Christina Perry instead. Yeah, singing A Thousand Years or whatever that song is called. I didn't know that was from this movie. Was it written for this movie? I have no idea. I will be honest. I have no idea. But Because I, I kind of liked that song and then uh, I heard it with this and I was afraid that it was written for this. I still like the song, but I would like it a little bit less if I know it was written for Twilight. It's possible that it was, but here's my perspective on that song. If anybody else has read She by H. Ryder Haggard, take a look at the lyrics of that song. It is the plot of She. (laughs) Obviously, the reviews for this movie were the same as the reviews for all the other movies, which is like, I bet the critics were super mad that they had (laughs) to see it because they're like, everyone knows what this is. Exactly. We're not going to get any surprises. Yeah. And the people that want to see it are going to go see it. Like, everyone knows whether they're going to see this movie already. No one's waiting to read the review to see if they're going to go see it. Yeah. But, of course, it made a gazillion dollars. By (laughs) a gazillion, I mean it made... Well, its budget was $136 million. All right. And it made $830 million. That is amazing. Man, you know, and that's the thing. You can criticize them all you want, and we have, and will continue to do so, for splitting Breaking Dawn into two movies, but financially, that was a very smart. Yeah. And I bet really even the fans that were having to pay extra money to go see the second movie loved it because it meant they, for one thing, got another movie. Oh, yeah. But also, like, the, the story wasn't compromised. Right, Exactly. Anyway, I'm so glad we're done with this franchise right now. How dare you say that? (laughs) I'm going to go home and marathon all of the movies again, even though I literally just watched Breaking Dawn Part 2. Well, now you have to refresh your memory on all the romance that happened in the previous movies. Yeah, now I get to look at all the Easter eggs and know what happened, and it's even more meaningful. Yeah, exactly. That's That's what I was thinking when I said that. Yeah. So, next up, we're just gonna take a hard turn. Because I can't take any more of this romance. Oh, because it's too good. It, yeah, that's yeah. why. So we're going to watch Immortals. What is that? <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to remember that this movie Wait, came what, out. Did that start Kellen Lutz? Yes. That's awesome. Well, it starts Kellen Lutz. A hard turn, but still related. Yes. <laughs> um, also, Luke Evans and Henry Cavill and Mickey Rourke. That's right. Oh, Mickey Rourke, that's hilarious. And Stephen Dorff and various oh, other people. Oh, Stephen Dorff, that's awesome. Yes. So it was a movie that clearly was made because of the success of 300. Uh, yeah. And then the later financial, if not commercial, or if not critical success of Clash of the Titans, mm-hmm. this film was made. And it was just, just terrible. But it looked super good. This is my continuing yeah. trend. And this is always like, honestly, if you make a movie that looks super beautiful and amazing, I will see it. Yeah. And it will wind up being terrible. But you know what? I will see it. Yeah, absolutely. Even when it gets terrible reviews like Upside Down. So that's what's next on More is More. For more of our podcast, go to moreismorepodcast.com. To contact us, write us at at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com.